0: Saturday evening Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG I got a special announcement A special surprise to Saturday Because You're returning Reigning And defending Undisputed Heavyweight champion of the world has returned The people's choice Don Rodriguez I'm back I'm back I'm black. There you go. Well, What's up, man? Nothing much, man. It's good to have you back. I wish, I wish, I wish you could have joined us maybe even for 10 minutes last Saturday because that was an epic podcast.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, when I listened to it, it was nice, exciting. Uh, The the James and the boys, they uh, really brought it and Gave some great knowledge, so kudos to all of them. I wish I could remember names and stuff like that, but you know, y'all didn't leave the name tags in the uh, in the room, so unfortunately, I can't name out anything. But uh, shout out to all of uh, James's uh, his crew that uh, came on and and did the damn thing. And then, uh, unfortunately, this week James was so worked up, he had to go on special assignment, so he's out there uh, doing some things for us. And next week, hopefully, we'll have him returning. And then uh, we'll see the results of our Survivor Series picks. So James is actually autonomous, so you know what that means. At the end of the show, we'll do these picks, and it'll be between me, you, and Delonte. So your odds have improved by one. I just want to let you
0: know that. That's okay. That's all right. I'll take you out.
1: We shall see, sir. We shall see, but I'm excited. It's been, you know, last week was pretty crazy this week, uh, on all the go home shows from the WWE side of things towards survivor series, there was a lot to digest. And then AEW is starting to ramp up heading towards their winter is coming episode of dynamite on, uh, I believe it's December 2nd. So, uh, it was, uh, for the most part, an action pack week of things, but, Before we get into everything that's going to contribute to Survivor Series and our picks, I think it's time for us to really take a step back and figure out what the big deal about Survivor Series is. So the only way to do that is to talk to the big guy, KG, so he can tell us what's so special about Survivor Series.
0: Well, this right here. Is my interpretation of, I'll say, the daddy of them all. Because it hasn't, if WrestleMania, WrestleMania is your granddaddy of them all, the grandest spectacle, your second longest running pay per view in WWE history is Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Held every November, except for one year where it was held in, over the summer. But Survivor Series is held every November. And it's always either on Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, or the Sunday after Thanksgiving, right after. So it's one of the big four. And we've had some things to go on at Survivor Series over these last, what is this, 33 years now? Started in 1987. Um, one of the greatest tag teams ever put together. Survivor Series tag teams, in my opinion, and I think if you took this tag team of four gentlemen and put them all in the ring in their primes against any four that you pick, nobody's beating them. And that's the ultimate warriors. Where you had the ultimate warrior, you had the modern-day warrior, Kerry Von Erich, and then you had the road warriors. Who's beating them? I
1: don't know. Uh, As some people, maybe uh, uh, some of the Survivor Series teams we have this year. That Raw team is is, is pretty tight if we take storylines out. But we're not going to get too deep in that because I want you to continue with your segment. But I think, you know, a combination of Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and we'll throw Riddle in there. Could be a
0: a force. Not happening.
1: (laughs) I figured you'd say that. I just wanted to play devil's advocate. But go ahead. Go ahead.
0: So. Top three things that happened. At Survivor Series. Number three. The Undertaker debuted. We got the first look. At the dead man. Who on house shows. Was known as Kane the Soul Taker. For yo- those that are uninitiated. But they changed it to the Undertaker. Uh, number two. That was nineteen ninety. Wait,
1: wait, 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 Hold on. If you're going, you know, really give them the goods, you can't put it out there for those that don't know who brought the Undertaker in to Survivor Series,
0: because oh. some people might be think, "Oh man, it was it was Paul Bear." Nope. No, no. Um, jeez, see, I I didn't even get all of that. I just I tried to oh, remember. Oh come on, them.
1: KG. I was trying to <laughs> give it to you that one time with James. That he uh, <laughs> yeah. was.
0: It was uh Brother
1: Love, a million, what? No, no, million dollar man. Yes.
0: I, you know, you know what? It's it's he a shame on me. Gun. It's a shame on me because I just watched a clip <laughs> earlier this week before I even knew we were going to do this segment. I watched a clip of um everything. And I was like, that was Survivor series. And it just completely slipped my mind. It, yeah, it, just it was my brought mind. out
1: by Ted DiBiase
0: That is absolutely right. Uh number two, that was number three, number two the Deadly Games Tournament, where you had that corporation interference, and at the end of the night, you had a, a mock screw job where The Rock put Mankind in a half-hearted sharpshooter, and McMahon said, ring that bell, ring that damn bell! And then Shane and Vince get in the ring. The Rock looks at him, then smiles and gives him a hug, and he turns into the corporate champion. Broke a lot of kids' hearts that night, but it was a swerve that nobody was looking at. And one thing The Rock said about joining the corporation, he became three-time champion with the corporation. But that right there, that move, for five years, started the feud between Rock, Austin, Mankind, and Triple H, where they feuded over the WWF Championship, and it was one of the greatest feuds of all time, in my opinion, because it kept me glued to the screen to find out, and I watched every show from you start from Sunday Night Heat to Monday Night Raw to uh, SmackDown, which was on a Thursday then. Then Shotgun Saturday Night to see the replay of all of that before I, you know, before I watched Howard Stern, you know, I had a routine where I watched every show.
1: What you so, know about that Howard Stern at late um, nights? What you know my, about that?
0: I got I I ain't even gonna say God. I have a thing for Robin Quivers, always have. Um, so anytime I could see her, hear her speak, it was always great and I laugh. Loved, um, yeah,
1: truthfully, to me, it seemed like most of the time she was laughing. She was like. Chanel, be Chanel West Coast before Chanel West Coast existed on ridiculousness because you know Chanel's known for just laughing pretty much the entire time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but you know, before that, there
0: was Robin and and Baba, I, Boy. yeah. And I, but Robin, I, you know, she's a, a Maryland native from Pikesville, and I've always had a thing for her.
1: Do you tweet her? I mean, you know, I'm quite sure she's on the tweeter now.
0: I kind of. I kind of I I don't want to go to for that's like way deeper than Nia Jax. This, no, I is just say, hey, term.
1: Robin. You know what? We do a wrestling podcast, and today you made the conversation. As I talked about how
0: much I love you. <laughs> you know <laughs> she what? She may tweet I'm, you back. I'm going to do that. She may and if tweet I, you back. I get shot down. It's on you. I ain't say you
1: got to shoot your shot. <laughs> I just said you know, just tell her hey how much you know how much I
2: love you.
1: Or you can put a, a image of Brother Love with it. I
2: love you.
0: <laughs> now, for the number one moment in Survivor Series history, we all know what it is. We celebrated the anniversary uh, last week. Um, one of the most famous and infamous moments in WWE, well WWF slash E history. And that is the good old Montreal screw screw job. Was it a work? Was it a shoot? Did Bret Hart know about it? Uh, Was it as bad as everybody say? Uh, I mean, it's a lot to go with that, but nobody will ever know. Oh, the people know.
1: I mean, if I had to to put my uh, two cents just from the fact that Vince didn't want to risk his belt showing up in WCW and it's it's one of those catch 22s It's like okay I know Brett's a stand up guy but what if and that that's the problem it's the what if could he trust Brett to go there and come back possibly but we're talking about rival company Ted Turner Eric Bischoff that that triangle right there is enough to cast a lot of doubt in anybody's mind as to is Brett gonna come back and do the right thing and drop the belt once everything airs since WWE was taping at that time versus uh Nitro being live. So that would be even more detrimental than Alundra Blaze dropping the women's uh championship in the trash can. That'd be even more detrimental than um Lex Luger being the first person to show up on one show that night and then later on show up on the other show in the same night. Like, what the heck? How is Lex Luger in two places at the same time? So, uh, I mean, it's it's a sucky thing, but in my opinion, and this may not sound like the most popular statement right now, but from the business perspective, I think you did what you had to do to protect your brand or your company. That's a call that, hey, I may have had to have made myself as well. And it took me a long time. And after hearing a bunch of people um, talk about that night and, you know, from uh, Shawn Michaels to Bruce Pritchard to um, recently, I was hearing uh, some conversation about it from uh, uh, Jim Cornette. And putting all those pieces of the, the puzzle together, I'd say Sean knew something. Triple H knew something. That, hey, if we say go home and that situation, if you get the sharpshooter on, we could make this call. We know Vince knew. Uh, Earl Hebner knew that there's a potential. So... You know, it was a lot of conversation that this could go down, but people may have been speculative as to, I don't know. But Brett knew something could go down as well. But the only thing that still hurts me in my heart is we could go back in time and somebody could have had the conversation or Brett could have had the moment to be like, okay, don't go, Brett. We could potentially still have Owen. I say, out of anything with the Montreal screw job, That is probably the thing that hurts me the most about that situation, is if Brett would have stayed, we potentially could have still had Owen, because Brett has already been documented saying that he would have told Owen, do not do it, and make sure that Owen would not have done that
0: spot. That's absolutely true. Now, with history being the way that it is now, and everything that happened, we I think that 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 has to be, the death of kayfabe. That was the 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 beginning, death of kayfabe. Because we didn't know Vince McMahon owned WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't know there were writers and things like that. We didn't know it was a whole chain of command. We thought Vince McMahon just worked for the company. Yeah, and he was you know him and Howard Finkel were the greatest employees to whoever owned it. hmm But. You know, that's when the Mr. McMahon character that you were seeing at house shows and uh uh what is Jerry Lawless um wrestling territory, um and it's in Tennessee, mid South. Mid South, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what you were saying in mid South and the Mr. McMahon character was developed in wrestling territories that you didn't see on T V, but if you went out to uh wrestling during the week, that's what you saw because that's when wwf at the time had relationships with all the territories where wrestlers would appear and you know when they came in town for a show they would do house shows and wrestling territories against their talent and it would draw gate and it was money no matter where you were but that's where a lot of characters would develop you could see it was like a litmus test Mm -hmm. was it gonna work or not but after the Montreal screw job, as you can see, a year later, that was 97. And 98 was the Deadly Games tournament. And look at how the landscape had changed by 98. You know, it, it was Vince was in the forefront. And the Mr. Mc, the Mr. McMahon character was born and popping, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and it, it was,
1: was born out of necessity. Because one thing, if Vince is nothing else he's uh uh uh, i don't want to call it a glory hound but a um uh well i guess you could say he's a mark for reactions of the fans and you know you only had two ways to go on it you could take the heat and then let that destroy your company because all people aren't showing up and and, uh, you know, they're mad and they're just going to immediately go to WCW because WWE some trash now and how they're going to do Brett this way. And, you know, somebody that's been with the company forever through tag team tournaments and he was your champion. And I mean, he was iconic. He's, he's Canada. was already pissed. When I say can I mean, Canada. It's not like, OK, just look, Canada was was pissed. So you could go that route or you can seize the moment. And that's one of the things that you have to give credit where credit is due for Vince McMahon. And he sees the moment and said, "Okay, if all of the heat is on me, even though Sean is taking a little, but he's doing plausible deniability with his promo. But if all the heat's on me, people are going to tune in to see what I'm going to say. I'm just going to go with it and then see where where, where the reactions go. And the more he talked, Brett screwed Brett and all these things, you know, man. That the pop and, and the, the heat he was getting was money. So, what do you do from there? You screw more people over. Mm-hmm. And then it led all the way up into the Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. And then we got the second phase of it. And he, he uttered his, to me, his second most prolific declaration over Brett, screw Brett. And that was no chance in hell, Austin, no chance. What came immediately after that the next night? No chance. That's what she got. And then there's theme song. So, like, I mean, a lot of things have come out of Survivor Series, but if we take it a, a step further, just to break it down to the original intent of the pay-per-view, it was a way to get the feuds to culminate or some time to merge together between the heels and the faces, because now we call them quote unquote, traditional survivor series matches, but you had your four good guys versus your four bad guys and different, I guess you technically can look at it now as tier groups, you know, your, your top tier, your middle card, and then your lower card groups um, had their eight man matches and then they would take up the vast majority of uh, the pay-per-view And that's That's what you had you may have had a couple other things defended, it uh, depending on if the Intercontinental champion was uh, Was um, You know in a match Or in the Survivor Series uh, match One of them or just Doing something else depending on the feud but That's what it was and it was You, you didn't really we didn't really have A lot of qualifiers qualifies I don't think I think it was just more of the recruitment and then everybody was together. Everybody was unified, opposed to now, like we see for Team Raw, you've got a, a mixture of personalities. And, yeah, they get along, but maybe they don't get along, and everybody's jockeying for position to, to take the limelight. But back then, you had a, a Hogan and a Warrior and, and somebody going up against you know, Bobby Heenan's crew and whatever it may be, and you knew clearly what the lines were. And it was, who's going to be the last one? which good guy is going to be eliminated first, which bad guy, and who's going to get the advantage. And and that's how it played out. And then it started trickling into the the situation once we got to the attitude era of you may have a mixture of good and bad. You may have it be this tag team, that tag team uh, going against that. And then that merged to the next level of it being, once we had the brand extension, Raw versus SmackDown. Which also led to one of the biggest video games ever, which was Smackdown versus Raw when Worlds Collide, which had it really featuring Raw versus SmackDown at its core. So that, that's, you know, the, the base level of what Survivor series was over time from just the uh the the eight man's taking up the car to the mixtures and, and now we're having uh just uh qualifying matches to be able to get involved in um, these uh, type of events where now it's quote-unquote the one time that uh, SmackDown and Raw battle each other for supremacy, even though sometimes it happens at WrestleMania and other pay-per-views, but you know how that is.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. I, I just... Everything that you said about McMahon... Now, granted, we can look back on, and hindsight is twenty twenty. but if you see Spurrier, it's 50-50. <laughs> but if we look back on that turn, that, that, that Mr. McMahon uh, turn, the only bad thing that came out of it was actually losing Owen, and that's the saddest part of it. Now, if I could get that turn and get Owen too – Because the influx of talent that was coming into WWE when things were changing, Mm -hmm. you know, after Owen's death, you had, uh, of course, the end of the Attitude Era, and that's when you had the invasion angle and things like that. So you had guys from WCW, you had the great Eddie Guerrero, you had Chavo, you had uh, 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 Rey Mysterio. Name. I couldn't get his name out. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Uh, Dean Malenko. You had, and these were guys that were familiar with Owen. Now imagine Owen taking a lull, you know, we, 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 we get away from the Blue Blaze again. Him and Jeff Jarrett as tag team champions. Nobody could beat them in that tag team division. Mm-mm. And they were fun to watch. But think about him and Jeff Jarrett kind of separating, still being together, but separating as tag team. And then you got that influx of talent. So you got the technicality and and the technical wrestling ability of Chris Benoit, of Dean Malenko, who were trained in the Hart Dungeon along with Owen. That's would reinvigorate his career. And probably, you know, even though he was thinking about retirement before his untimely death, it probably would have made him stay a little bit longer because he would have made even more money with those guys.
1: Not only that, but that would have rubbed off on Tyson Kidd. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Natalia, because you know, let's say now if he was just managing, then can you imagine the uh, the push that Natty would have? How many yeah, times she could have been champion,
0: way How more many, than what she's been.
1: Yeah, what what kind of push Tyson could have had? But then, as you was talking, just to, to rewind for a second, um, that reminded me of the second casualty of the Mr. McMahon characters who was bringing all these people in through the Attitude Era, and that was ECW. Uh, And, you know, within that, the the acquisition of ECW, A, but B, the failed relaunch, because they didn't want to go full ECW.
0: Which was a mistake.
1: But then it also wasn't totally their fault, because we have to blame the network. Spike, I believe it was Spike, wasn't it at that point? or No, it was... uh, uh, uh oh gosh uh T something I'm totally brain fart that's how much I hated them back then uh, for uh, when they changed before they switched to Spike but they wanted TNN TNN yeah Nashville Network so yeah they they wanted that other thing which is why we had demons and 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 zombies and everything but the Yeti at that point so. And that's just all that crazy crap on ECW is like, what the hell? But yeah, that was another casualty. That may be yeah, maybe a topic for maybe we'll do that for another big deal. What's the big deal about uh the even though you talked about it, the downfall of ECW?
0: I, I agree with you. Um, because contrary to popular belief, uh, we didn't get the Dudley's at full capacity in WWE. We, we, we got a damn good product, but imagine getting the Dudleys at full capacity With you didn't just get Bubba Ray and Devon, but you got all the Dudleys. Imagine
1: if we had Raven and Tommy Dreamer 2.0 at the level that we are seeing Roman Reigns and Jey Uso.
2: <laughs> imagine
1: if we had a little bit better treatment and understanding of the Sandman character.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Taz. I mean, I mean, even though I think Taz flourished a lot more once he got the WWE uh, and dropped the Z, <laughs> the second Z, you know, but that's just me personally. I think, uh, you know, he came a lot more to the limelight, in my opinion, but, you know, still is the Tasmaniac and that uh, the human suplex machine back then was still, you know, pretty awesome. So uh, there's a lot of argument to be said back and forth in reference to that, but we can all trace a lot of those things all the way back to, and as you can see in our opinion, in our argument tonight, Survivor Series, and uh, definitely the Montreal Screwjob. But we also have to give partial heat credit to the World Wildlife uh, Foundation. Why? Because that's the reason why WWF became WWE. So in the midst of all that stuff going on in the Attitude Era Era beginning, you had the World Wildlife Federation uh, in court with the WWF, because when people Google, now that the internet is starting to become a thing and computers are becoming prevalent, when people do a search online for WWF looking for the World Wildlife Federation, they were getting wrestling. (laughs) So... Uh, out of the mixture of uh, the Miss McMahon and, and the Attitude Era, what came out of that lawsuit was the whole campaign of get the F, quote unquote, out and going towards WWE. So there was a lot of things that were overlapping from a business perspective as well as the character perspective and even uh, the, the kayfabe perspective all across the board. But I just wanted to put that out there because I like animals. Lord knows I watched some Jack Hanna and Jeff Corwin and Animal Planet. But for the longest time, me in the World Wildlife Federation, uh, when they would have those commercials, yeah, I wasn't feeling them. Oh, help the polar bears. No, how about you get the F back in the WWF so that way we won't have to worry? Got them changing their name. But that <laughs> that, that was that see. was a whole beef right there.
0: Let me say this. And you, you what you said the first thing I thought of, you said everybody was online and you looking up World Wildlife Fund and you were getting wrestling. No, no. See what what it is. WWF and I mean World Wrestling Federation was David Ruffin. <laughs> World <laughs> Wildlife <laughs> Fund was Otis. And ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're getting
1: fundraisers and they over there seeing the rock talking about <laughs> Poontang Pa.
0: Let me throw another name out before we move on that benefited from ECW and WWE slash well F slash E joining together, and that's uh, Rob Van Dam. Yeah, Mister Monday Night. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed his interest. I enjoyed everything. I actually, I performed Rolling Thunder on somebody's kid, and I told him how to do Rolling Thunder, and then they got in trouble doing Rolling Thunder. And then I got in trouble and I'm like, "Oh, I, all right, I ain't teaching y'all no more wrestling moves. I'll do that stuff when I ain't here. So, but yeah, I, I actually love Rob Van Dam. And I, I became a really big Rob Van Dam fan. And, you know, the whole Mr. Monday Night thing, it, it was true. Because after pay per view, he would come out and just kick ass.
1: So, which theme song? Was it Walk or was it um, uh, uh, One of a Kind?
0: One of a kind.
1: That was your song? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know. I was still much respected. Traditional ECW intro is when you had spec, Walk. You know, oh, once, that, once that goes off, like, oh, my God.
0: What do you say?
1: Like, man. And then Bill Alfonso just blowing his whistle the entire time. He just wanted to choke him. But, hey, do your thing, Bill. And then after that, Got to see the genocidal, homicidal, suicidal,
0: sabu. <laughs> man, the barbed wire matches. To see him oh get caught God. up in a, and and I, look, I just got the feeling in the pit of my stomach from all the barbed wire matches that I've seen, of just him getting caught up and and the blood and oh man. <clears throat> but speaking
1: of uh, RVD, though, I will. Say, and it's no comparison by any means because you know he's still got some work to do. But the uh frog splash that Montez Ford is doing right now is almost on that RVD level. He's got the air, he's got the hang time, and he's got the the cell after he lands it. Only thing he's missing is the five stars,
0: mm. but man. Now-
1: that's, now, he's
0: got a nice frog splash. Now, no, I'm going to ask you a question. No time to think. you got two seconds to answer. Who has the better frog splash? Eddie? Montez Ford? Rob Van Dam? Okay. Just wanted to make sure.
1: Rob is the flashiest. But Eddie Guerrero still. Once he left, I mean, the, the extension and the reach in between his legs... And then the extension coming out. So, you know, when he jumps, you know, he's crunching in. And then when he, you know, stretches out to do the landing, nobody does it. He is like the Bret Hart of the Frog Splash. And what I mean by that is if you go back and watch tape of Bret and watch him actually throw a punch, his punches, A, are consistent. But, B, it's one motion of his entire body. Bang Every single time. I've never seen... Uh, as much as I've watched wrestling from multiple promotions or everything, somebody land a punch the way that Bret Hart lands that right hand in one motion. is like, bow, one, one snap, one snap, one snap. And Eddie is the same way. Ray sometimes can get a glimmer. This past week when he did the frog splash on Seth Rollins, that was a glimmer. It was like, that was almost Eddie. But, uh,
0: yeah, Eddie Guerrero all day. I give what you that. Uh Who's your Eddie. answer? Eddie. It's, it's okay. always Eddie for me. Um, because when I was teaching my youngest son how to do a frog splash off the top of the chase, uh, number one, I had to tell him, you know, you got to jump, but don't jump so high where you hit the, the ceiling because you're going you're gonna to mess your landing up. And you got a small spot to land into. Well, hey, man, how many, how many times you got a beating from your wife? Because you got these kids
1: jumping off all the furniture. Uh, every time I turn around, you're telling me a story about awesome kid, then flew off the dresser, backflipped good. off this.
0: Because I teach them the same way I was taught. And that was one thing that we always did. We we my grand my cousins would come over, my cousin Daryl and my cousin Carter. And me and my cousin Tony lived in the same house. So we were tag team partners. And my two cousins, Darrell and Carter, who their brothers, they were tag team partners. So when they came over, we go in the room, close the door, act like we talking, and we in there wrestling. And I mean, we was go, we would go at it. I'm talking about jumping off a, uh, dag on um, dresses, flipping off the bed. We did it all. And I, I when it comes to my sons, I mean, I'm like, look, this is how you land this frog splash, and we had. So old sofa pillows, and I would line the sofa pillows up, and I would I would stack them up, so when they hit, it was you know enough bounce back that they could, it wasn't hurting themselves, and I was like, this is your spot. You need to land it perfect. You don't land it perfect, you're gonna get hurt.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I was talking with uh, a friend of mine on uh, Xbox while we were playing some Destiny on that lovely Series X, which is amazing, by the way. And we were having a, a nice little flashback session talking about some of the iconic cartoons that we used to watch and how, you know, these kids will never understand what it's like right uh, about May, uh, April or May. You have the cliffhanger commercial for Twix or or not Twix, but uh, Tricks or or Lucky Charms or something like that. And you've got to wait until school starts. Before they finish whatever the cliffhanger is, so you're torn. Do I want to hurry up and get back to school so I can see what happened with Lucky Charms? Or do I want to enjoy summer? But in the midst of all that, uh, bringing it back to what you were just mentioning, we were reminiscing on how, I guess, you could call it clueless, nonchalant, or easy. Um, Relax whatever you Average adjective you want to use But how you could just go outside This time of year and rake up some leaves And next thing you know somebody's getting Slupex into a pile of leaves Don't worry about You know bugs and whatever Else could be on the leaves and craziness That people are doing these days Unfortunately or at least that you know of Or you're outside And next thing you know somebody threw out that mattress And what's the first thing you think Oh Let's have a match. DDT on a mattress, all these other things. Last thing you're thinking about is a bed bug or, you know, something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to defend your cardboard championship that you spent five hours making and making sure the plates and all that stuff look really good with uh, all the aluminum foil that you're about to get a beating for because you used it all and your mama need it right now. Yeah, never mind that. These days, yeah, my kids ain't doing none of that. (laughs) Let me find out you bouncing on some daggone uh, mattress you found outside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: let up some leaves and jump in it. Boy, what the heck wrong with you? You don't know what's in them leaves? <laughs> it's like, oh, man, to be a kid and, and fearless. Now, you know, you're uh, an older adult and you know better. Like, oh, yeah, what the hell was I thinking? But as a wrestling fan, it's like, well, yeah, i probably still go back and do it again anyway because – You
0: got to defend the title. It's just par for the course. (laughs) Man, those were the days. Yep.
1: Straight up, uh, you know, ETH Bunker style.
2: Those were the days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of the days, I guess that's a, a crazy, but, you know, we do crazy segues into the next topic we'll talk about before we roll into the push. And that's This WWE versus streaming media, I wanted to bring it to the forefront definitely because uh, I guess the first casualty slash potential martyr for the cause is Zelina Vega, who by all means, everybody knows that there was a deadline that you had to be off of your social media account, uh, especially off of it utilizing your WWE name. So instead of technically doing that, she set up an OnlyFans account, still utilizing the same name, which was, you know, a breach of or the equivalent of your boss says, hey, you can't do this. And you say, well, I'm gonna do this anyway, because that's what I want to do. And then you kind of put your boss in a bind of, well, what do I I just make it the norm that everybody could do what they want to do? Or does this person have to be the example? And unfortunately, she became the example. So I wanted to bring it out there to to just, you know, touch bases and talk about it and see not so much on a Zelina Vega thing, but see what uh, your feeling is. And I wish we could have James in on this, but maybe we'll bring it up uh, uh, next week or, or a subsequent week on, you know, the situation. Now, for me personally, I get the Zelina Vega or uh, uh, Xavier Woods or um, Otis. You know, those are WWE brands. That is the name. You know, Austin Creed is Xavier Woods. So if Austin Creed is running his Twitch channel, then as long as there's not anything in a contract saying that Austin Creed can't do things like that, then Austin Creed can do whatever you want to do. But if Austin Creed decides he, his Twitch channel is named Xavier Woods at twitch.com, then technically the WWE owns that. So they would have the, the say so to be like, yeah, you can't monetize us without us getting a cut. And I look at it and then I'm going to throw it over to you with this, uh, this comparison because I really want to put it in this light um, to see what you think about this. Is the equivalent of legalizing marijuana, in my opinion? This is, I kind of see it the same way. Could have been legalized a long time ago. Same thing like with tobacco. What was the big thing with tobacco that it was illegal? Government wasn't making any money off of it. Next thing you know, Government is taxing For the, the sale of it As it became you know, Something a little bit more normal in stores You're getting tax dollars off of it Oh yeah, yeah. everybody can smoke for all we care Take all the nicotine We don't care what you put in it We don't care what's, what's, what it's being cut with You know, any of that stuff Hell yeah, sell all, some tobacco Because we're going to make a cut Marijuana grows from the ground Mother Earth gives it to us the Indians was smoking it for years before we got here. No problems. But now I pick up a, a, a leaf, a little bit of the ganja, the good stuff from the backyard or something. As Soon as I roll it up in a piece of paper, I'd have committed a crime. But it's grown in my backyard. It was always in my backyard. How's that possible? If I didn't put it there, it was there before all of us was there. It just grows. But if the government says, OK, we're going to legalize marijuana and we're going to put a five cent sales tax on it. So if you sell marijuana on the street, you're going to owe the government five percent of all of your gross income. OK. They'll be cool with it. everybody be smoking up a storm and go KG.
0: When it comes to Zelina Vega, I said it last week. Um, I talked to Delonte about it. I'm not going to mince any words. I'm not going to bite my tongue. It is absolutely, positively fucking bullshit that she was released over trying to make money during a pandemic. All because WWE, whether it's Vince, Stephanie, Shane, or Triple H, I don't give a shit who it was. But all because you couldn't be included in the money grab. But you're complaining about losing money. So people are thinking about livelihoods, families. I got to still pay these bills. So you have Twitch streamers. So you're mad that she's she's, uh, made an OnlyFans page. That was, I think, $30. But she was only doing bikini shots and cosplay. So if you thought she was going to be having sex on her OnlyFans page, she's not that type of girl. No, but
1: she was making more off of Twitch and other social media than she was getting in her contract. She had superseded her contract.
0: I'm good with that because one thing about it, and this is what I, I said last week. Right here, right now, that's like me saying, "Okay, I'm the CEO of Sideline Junkies if the people's choice Don Rodriguez does a Twitch channel that says Twitch at the people's choice, Don Rodriguez. And he's on Twitch talking about the game. Oh, you can hear me on such and such platform with the sideline junkies with the Saturday night, Wrestlemaniacs that is putting, that is free advertising for my brand. I have no issue with you doing that. Me, telling you that I want your money or I want a piece of the money that you bring in from that that's selfish that's unethical in my opinion I don't give a shit what name she used but the thing is she's using Zelina Vega everybody who the hell is Zelina Vega you go google it WWE superstar WWE performer oh shit well and Zelina Vega is a looker she is gorgeous, so you're going to tune in to see her. You're going to find out what brand she's on. The next thing you know, the ratings start going up because gamers are tuning in. And all, I, if I'm WWE, okay, look, y'all got your Twitch streams, you got OnlyFans. I don't give a shit. Do your thing, make your money. You are a brand. Independent contractors is what you're supposed to be. This is what I want you to do for me during your Twitch stream. Or at the end of it, whatever, whenever you got your peak, your OnlyFans, whatever, slide our name in there, and tell them where you're performing at so they can come see you. Tell them about the 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 the, 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 the virtual dome, so they can sign up and come see you. So we can, get, boom, merchandise, sell your merch, plug your WWE merch because you know you get a piece of that too, just like Liv Morgan does. Plug your merch. Any way that you can get paid Because if we get paid we gotta pay you But also you got merchandise Let's all make money on this This is the new wave let's do it this way That's how you have to talk To other business professionals Right We we all can sit down at the table and eat But Let me throw
1: this out at you And this is where I'm a little conflicted I see both sides of the coin That's why I was playing devil's advocate On you know the whole situation Uh, But how do you feel, because I'm conflicted on, we have this situation, Paige is crying because of you know this whole thing, and she's like, hey, I'm just going to keep doing my thing because I can't even wrestle. Um, Everybody else has to get rid of their streams and all this. Uh, We just saw what happened with Zelina. But up, up, down, down, still going strong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To me, that's one side, I'm like, but technically, the WWE owns majority of that already. But at the same time, I'm like, but if I was a talent, like I can't stream whatever. But then Xavier Woods is, you know, was like, hey, man, you want to come on above, uh, down, down and help make a bunch of money that I'm not getting a part of, really? You know, that's it's just kind of confusing to me as how and, you know, they. He's been pretty quiet. I haven't heard him say anything about the situation, obviously. But, you know, everybody for the most part knows up, up, down, down because he's crossed over into video game mainstream. But why are we not shutting down that?
0: That's a good damn question because I asked the same thing. I said, nobody's complaining about Xavier Woods. And also, if it was a problem with, Selena Vega making an OnlyFans page. You didn't make that big of a stink uh, when Paige's sex tape was released.
1: Well, you can't throw that out there because that wasn't her. She didn't release it. That was no. uh, that was what's his name,
0: uh, Brad Maddox, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, allegedly, but now here's the thing: What did it do to Paige's career? I mean, it made people more interested. I know people that have never truly watched wrestling since the late 90s early 2000s but they know who page is and they got a crush on page and i won't name this brother but he told me straight up he said i love that little pale bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh um,
1: and by no means do we advocate uh that that comparison at all <sighs> by no means that is the written expressed uh
0: views of whoever the heck you talking about yeah, that that's his views. I I don't, I don't do it. That's but he was like, it's just something about hey, it. He's like, my he he was like, all I want to do is stare in her eyes and just <laughs> like sit there and just look at her. Like she is fucking gorgeous. That's well, but he all gushed he got, over.
1: All he got to do is beat up Ronnie Radke and he'd be alright.
0: But the thing is, he gushed over her. I said, have you ever seen her wrestle? You know, she got <laughs> skills inside the ring. He said, she wrestled. Did he at least said, watch wow. fighting with my family? 99? Yes, he did. Yes, oh, he okay. did. They like it because certain yes, age wasn't in it that much per se. He, he was like, "I learned more about it." He's like, "I'm starting to come around to wrestling." If they put her on TV, more I watch wrestling more.
2: So,
1: so the last but we'll we'll put in this before we jump into the push is I want to know, given all the stuff that we just talked about, how do are you? How do you feel about AEW's stance and how they're handling? The situation Not so much about what WWE is doing But you know they've taken a couple little Jabs at it and you know they, They're putting uh, Rusev, well I'm sorry, <laughs> Miro And uh, uh, Saving uh, In the forefront They're talking about their their stream Twitch streams and stuff like that So what's your feelings on how AEW is kind of Quietly saying hey yeah, uh, Do your thing people
0: it, it, it's, it doesn't surprise me because that's what you're supposed to do. If your competition is doing one thing and it has everybody else outraged, oh, let's go the opposite direction and do what everybody wants us to do and leave it at that. It does not surprise me. Okay.
1: Well, like I said, this is probably something we're going to revisit because we know uh, the Zelina Vega thing isn't going away. She's currently, I would imagine, within that 90-day uh, non-compete clause Alistair Black is still there her husband, so we're gonna see if she's gonna return because she is a wrestler.
0: Yes uh,
1: you know she was wrestling for uh, impact through the Indies as Thea Trinidad, so her real name uh, most of the time. so she is a wrestler so it's not like oh she was a manager and then she wrestled a little bit. And we just got a little taste of that. There would be no know, she wrestles. And mm-hmm. you can see her, uh, depending if you catch it at the right time on uh, the Impact Network on Pluto TV is where I saw a good amount of her matches. Like, oh, yeah, there's actually a lot of people that, <laughs> you know, passed through Impact uh, during those days. So it's like, oh, that's so-and-so up, that's there's so-and-so, that's there's so-and-so that just made their way back up. So um, where would you like to see her go? Do you think she should go uh, AEW, or should she go on the other side back to Impact, no. or to a Ring of Honor?
0: Honestly, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, n- no bull. I would love to see her go to AEW. Now I'm not sure if you I know you were busy last week, but did you see Jade Cargill make her debut on AEW? Yeah, I did. I would love to see them two in a tag team, mm. because number one, they both strong. They both got great bodies, but they both can wrestle. Yep. And it, it, it people are are looking. Uh, Jay Cargill needs a little bit more, a uh, little bit more polishing on the mic. But I think it was a, just nerves. Yeah. Because, but also the people in the truck didn't get the, the beat button right, <laughs>
1: yeah. I was like, yeah, um, yeah, the censorship people, guys, uh, you censored the wrong word,
0: yeah, because <laughs> I, I had to which is good it though, because
1: I'm glad, get your word out, yeah. But I, I think that I was just nerves because she's been doing stuff on dark,
0: but now I would love to see her, Zelina Vega, and just, uh, you know, of course, it would start a few with Brandy, but then you get. Brandy's allies, you get Zelina Vega. Well, she wouldn't be Zelina Vega anymore, but you, you get her and Jay together. They put themselves together, some sort of state. And then the men got to back up because they, they're trying to break these women up. And then all of a sudden, the women turn on the men and start beating the men's ass.
1: Yeah, because that's the one thing AEW is lacking is a strong core in the women's division. Unfortunately, that, that's their uh, Achilles heel right now. Because everything else is pretty solid. I mean, you can nitpick a little bit here or there. But the depth that they have in the tag division, even though it could be a a few more tag teams, but they still got great depth. Um, You know, the hunt for the TNT championship, all you got to do is, you know, make one person a champion, take one out, slot another contender in, and you can do some things with that. Uh, The the heavyweight championship, I think, um, especially with this pregnancy announcement, that may be a blessing in disguise for Mox because that gives him an excuse to step away. And then somebody else could be championing, you know, once the baby is close. And then uh, just like what Seth Rollins is about to do. So he doesn't have to just take a loss just because, or he doesn't have to get the heat. We we know he's about to be dad, so he's going to have to step away with all this COVID thing. So that's really a blessing in disguise. And then, um, you know, then we've got the other... Subplots that are going on with the Eddie Kingston thing and uh, uh, the Bastard Pack returning and Death Triangle coming back together. Um, We've got the Darby Allin thing going on and the FTW thing uh, that's that's starting to build with uh, Taz's group. Now that they got old boy as a part of it. Uh, What's his name? Um, uh, Hobbs, Will Hobbs. So they've got enough depth, but the women's division is still that X factor. So they're starting to add more, you know, with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb uh, defending the NWA thing there, but we don't know what this whole situation with Nala Rose is. I don't know if that's a way to get her off TV so she can uh, work on some some things and then come back. Um, Hikaru Shida, I still think they need to make a bigger Belt or championship because it's too small, especially if you're having taller or more buff uh, females come in. So, I mean, you know, they just need to to dial that part in and then they'll just be solid all across the board. All right. But if WWE was smart, that's what NXT will be focused on a lot more than everything else because if that's their Achilles heel. if that's their one little weak spot, the women's division on NXT should be in the forefront every week. Just saying.
0: Well, I know we got to get to the push, and then we got to take a break during that time. While we are setting back up, I have a question for you off air. Just to see what you got to say. So. Why are you
1: going to say it off air and then the people on air want to hear it?
0: Because I got I got to run it by you first, and then oh. you know it, 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 if it's appropriate. Oh we'll, God! We'll, so, we'll go for it. Be a
1: couple. There's gonna be a couple buttons that probably will be pressed in the midst of you asking a question. In other words, so we're gonna go to break. He's gonna ask me this question, and then we'll find out if we can word it in an appropriate way for me to answer it on the show. We'll be back.
3: Welcome to yet another installment of The Push. Delante, representing the sideline junkies. Uh, You know the drill. Um, This week, we got Survivor Series. And this weekend's Push segment will focus on my predictions for the Survivor Series. First up, um, I'm not even going to waste time. Uh, Champion versus champion match. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. Um, I think this would have been a more intriguing matchup if this was Roman Reigns against Randy Orton. Um, we I, I, I've, we've seen Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns numerous times. Um, you know they they both picked up win. A win, excuse me. Uh, of course Roman's picked up wins. Um, <clears throat> and Drew picked up a win while Roman was a face. And Shane McMahon was involved in that storyline. Um, I think for Survivor Series, uh, we got this whole tribal chief, um, you know, thing. Uh, it's gonna be too much for Drew to overcome. I believe um, it's gonna be interference from uh, Jey Uso, um, Paul Heyman may get involved, but you know, they Vince and Creative, they've done a great job of building up. Roman into like this hill, but it's you know, like this tribal chief ahead uh, of the table hill. Um, I actually like this version of Roman Reigns more entertaining, um, more dark, more sinister. Um, my prediction for this match is Roman Reigns will win, although I believe, do believe he will get hit with a vicious Claymore kick. Um, so good match, but Roman will win. The Men's Survivor Series uh, match. Uh, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle against Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. This this won't even be close. Um, Raw team, they got too many monsters. Uh, Well, brutal guys. Uh, with Lee, Strowman, and Sheamus, um, Matt Riddle, and um, AJ, they'll bring the the flair and the pizzazz with the moves and the high-flying things of that nature. um, For the SmackDown team, I think Seth Rollins would keep them in the game. um, But as we all know, he's scheduled to um be on, like, a short hiatus because the baby uh, w- w- baby with himself and Becky Lynch should be arriving, like, any day now. So um, think uh, Survivor Series is probably be the last time we see Seth for the 2020, Um, but nonetheless, Raw's men team, they'll win that. Um, It's just, I think that was kind of poor. I think, uh, I'm going to tell you a wrestler who they should have put in the SmackDown team. Uh, (laughs) Your favorite wrestler, not my favorite wrestler, Lars. You know, if we want to take this guy serious, put him in some main event type caliber matches. Or... You could have had a added attraction match with Lars versus hmm The Fiend. Um, you know, two monsters from, you know, the, the two different brands. You know, that that would have been a, a great intriguing uh, matchup. Um but fear as it may, me, Raw's men team, they'll win that running away. The women's team um Survivor Series with Nia, uh Shana, Lacey Lacey Evans, Peyton. And Lana against Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Lil Bork, and Bailey and Natalia. You know, you've been watching wrestling for a long time. Uh, you know how this pretty much going to go. Um, one of these wrestlers been getting her ass beat week after week after week after week. And I can keep going on and on, but we all know who's going to be the sole survivor of this uh, matchup. That's Lana. Um... So despite SmackDown having a, a a rather impressive team with Bianca and Bailey and Riot Squad and Natalya, the boat, um, Lana somehow someway she'll win this match, uh, and probably by disqualification or she'll probably you know a, a roll up, you know, yeah, that's it, she'll roll up Bailey to win, um, so I'm giving this to, uh, wow. Yep, to Raw's um women team as well. So I got the men and women for the sweep of the five-on-five five elimination concept matches. Um, Oscar versus Sasha Banks, another champion versus champion match. I I I don't think we're gonna see anything different here. Um, yes, yeah, Sasha Banks, she does finally have a win over, uh, Oscar, but that was a fluke win. You know, you could thank Bailey for that. Um, Oscar she'll win this. Uh I wouldn't even be surprised if we see any interference from Bailey or possibly from um Carmella. Carmella's been in Sasha Banks ass uh over the past few weeks and I don't expect her expect her to let up at the least bit. Um so Oscar she'll win. Uh which means that's another raw a pickup for Raw. St- <coughs> The Raw brand, excuse me. New Day versus Street Profits. I believe this is the, quote-unquote, past the torch match. Um, The New Day, probably one of the best tag teams of all time. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. What oh, was it, eight-time, nine-time, ten-time tag team championship reigns? It's impressive. It's impressive. Um, you know, I can't forget about the teams that came before them, the Dudley Boys, Legion of Doom, um... Billy Badass, with Billy Gunn and uh, Road Dog. Um, but you know the, the yeah, and, and you got to put the New Day up there. But I think the Street Profits they'll win this match because uh, for one, SmackDown needs a, a win. Two, again, yeah, I believe this is like a passing of the torch type of match, um, and it's time to kind of take Street Profits serious and not as like a entertainment comedy, uh, you know, act. Um, Montez Ford, he's probably one of the most underrated, top three underrated wrestlers in the entire company. Um, I think he'll he'll shine in this match. Um, as well as uh Angela Dawkins. So Street Profits, they'll win that. Uh, champion versus champion, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I'm not even gonna waste y'all time with that. Um I think <laughs> we're gonna be in, actually let me take that back. I think we're gonna be in for a surprise with that. I believe Sami Zayn will win. Um, He's been, uh, you know, surprising a lot of folks. Uh, You know, very mouthy, but he's been winning a lot of crucial matches. I expect that to continue tomorrow. I believe Retribution may make their presence known in this match Um, and thus allow Sami to pick up the win. So my prediction for this match, surprisingly, but I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. Um, and then, last but most definitely not least, The crowning Jew, Jewel, The Undertaker's Final Farewell seg- segment. Um, I'm not sure what they have planned for this. Uh, saying as though we're in COVID, so I don't know if there's going to be any video, um, testimonies from wrestlers past and present. But um, it's definitely a great way for The Undertaker to go out Um on the stage where he first debuted 30 years ago. uh, Listen, Undertaker, he's in my top 10 uh, of all time list. Um, You know, this man, you know, just every, you know, phase of The Undertaker. You know, whether The Deadman or, you know, American Badass or, you know, the, the one with the, the Druids. And they were like nailing people to the cross. Um... You know he he was dominant no matter what no matter how they try to remix his role um I think this is great for Vince and you know the powers that be triple a stuff um Shane uh, Adam Pierce like all those people to um you know really give the spotlight to the undertaker to you know kind of go out on his own terms um so props to them uh w w e for doing that. This is Delante representing Sideline Junkies. Uh shout out to the brothers, the Don, KG, and the Nubia sumo. Everyone, please be safe. Um wear them masks, make sure the mask cover up the nose. you know your nose, not letting it hang off your face. Um so, social distance. And if you gotta go out, you know, protect yourself, you know, because when you protect yourself, you protect your families. I'm out. Y'all be good. Peace.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Um, thank you, Delonte, for the push. Uh, and your picks. And your picks. You're going to lose, but thanks for the picks anyway. And speaking of the push, now the question that I had during the break for the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, we we, we talked it over with our lawyers. We, we, we big time now. We got guys in the truck and we got lawyers. So I talked it over with the lawyers and we figured out how to word it right. Now – we were talking about Nyla Rose and the push that she got. I mean, we're talking about after the push, but we're talking about the push that Nyla Rose got when AEW first started. And why the hell hasn't Sonny Kiss gotten the same push? hmm So, that's the question. People's Choice Dom Rodriguez. Please, give me an answer.
1: I wish I knew because The Sonny Kiss, just like Orange Cassidy, is something you just have to watch. It's polarizing in reference to the in-ring performance, that side. But the other side is Sonny can wrestle. Great tag partner with Joey Janela. Got the in-ring individual chops. We saw the performance going up against Cody for the TNT championship. But, yeah, Sonny needs to have more main roster time. Period. You've got to build the storyline, and you can work it out. Hell, I wouldn't even mind seeing them take a, a swerve and Sonny becoming a member of the Dark Order. Just, just, just for the the insidiousness of just that whole concept, the dark order. But then here we have Sunny Kiss. It's like, <laughs> um, you know, Colt Cabana, you're out. We're bringing in Sunny Kiss. Uh, and, and if we're seeing the craziness, it could be on that same level of what's happening with Jericho and MJF. So, yeah, I don't understand it, but uh, we'll see how this continues to play out. But yeah, Sunny needs. Uh, That same amount of attention that Nala Rose got and also the opportunity to really vie for another championship at some time in the near future. Be in the picture, be in the tournaments, something. So, yeah, I would like to see that happen. And speaking of happening, it's time for us to get to the reason for the season. While we pause for the cause, and that is our picks. For the 2020 Survivor Series. So since it's just you and I. It's almost like a throwback episode. So I hope you're ready. (laughs) I hope you went back over your notes. From this week. Last week. In reference to uh, what's been happening. In uh, the WWE side of things. Between Raw and SmackDown. So that you have. The best opportunity possible to lose. Wow. I'm sorry to win. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I thought thought James was on the call. (laughs) So we're going to start this off with intercontinental champion versus United States champion. So Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley.
0: Oh, so we're gonna pick it right now.
1: Oh yeah, we're going in.
0: Oh, let's get it. We I'm go gonna in. go with the Ricky Booby. I mean Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I we I I wanted to call him Booby, Ricky Booby. So I'm going with Bobby Lashley.
1: Believe it or not,
0: I'm gonna go with Sami Zayn. Wow. And normally when you pick with Zay- Sami Zayn, now looking back over the picks from previous uh pay per views, when you go with Sami Zayn. And you've done it 175 times. You normally win 69 of those 175 times. So it's not on your side. Let's go. Thank
1: you, Johnny, historian. I think that there's going to be something happening. I smell uh, a hint of retribution in there, but you know, anything is possible. But uh, I'm quite
0: sure. I'm sorry, what we're going to say. No, don't get me started on retribution because you know how much you it everybody knows how I feel about Mustafa Ali and wanting to see him, Ricochet, and Alistair Black in a uh stable. Don't don't get me started on retribution. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I won't get you started. But we will get started
1: on this match because I know you got uh some particular feelings. And this this could go really either way. This is one of the, the I think, the only coin toss match uh, when it comes down to booking. And that's the tag team champions. On Raw, you have the New Day. On SmackDown, you have the Street Profits. It's a win-win either way you look at it. Who needs the Bracken rights? But I'm going to pick the Street Profits. Just because the new day is decorated, period. They they've done it, but it's time for the street props to just get that little bit of credibility. Yeah, they're the champions, but let's look at the SmackDown tag division. Yeah, not really too much, and you know they they're not going to lose the championships until uh, Jimmy Uso's back. At that point, yeah, it's happening immediately. They're going to drop the belts to the Usos because that puts in the stable the three. And then all we need is for Tamina to go to SmackDown via some kind of trade and take the belt from whoever the champion is at that time. And then that will put all the championships from uh, the family perspective on one brand. Everybody's doing their thing. So I'm going Street Profits.
0: Mm, you make it hard. but
1: The match is hard. To, I mean, like I said, it can really go either way. It's not an easy pick.
0: I'm going to go Street Profits, too, because of just what you said. Uh, the New Day is, is already um, decorated, but this rub is like what will push um The Street Profits, a little bit further down the road, but this is not the last you're going to see of these two, because this is not a traditional heel versus face. This Mm -hmm. is face versus face. So, the crowd is going to literally, literally pop for this match at the Thunderdome. So, almost as much as
1: The Undertaker.
0: Yeah, and don't be surprised if you if you see him tomorrow night. Just saying.
1: Oh, we know he's going to be there, but the question is, is it going to be a moment where somebody's getting a choke slam, or is he going to get the actual world treatment of coming down, cutting a promo, blah, 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 doing his thing. Either way, it's good to see. As long as, you know, I'm scared to see what The Undertaker is doing on TikTok, but <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, From there, you get first pick on the women's side of things. Asuka, your Raw Women's Champion, facing off against Sasha Banks, your newly crowned SmackDown Women's Champion. So is uh, Asuka going to walk out, or is it going to be Sasha Banks?
0: Uh, Just because Asuka normally just takes it anyway... Give me the good old Sasha Banks. All right.
1: I'm actually going to pick Oscar. Just because I think, uh, yeah, this is going to be one of those interesting times where there could be a run-in or could not be a run-in. But if there is, then, yeah, it's it's going to not be good for Sasha. But set things up for the future and the next pay-per-view, especially if the next pay-per-view is SmackDown branded. So from there, we actually go to your traditional Survivor Series 4v4 8-person tag team match. So it'll actually be the women. So for Raw, we have Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, your tag team champions, Lacey Evans, Peyton Royce, and Lana facing on the SmackDown brand, Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, your girl Liv Morgan, Bailey, and the Just Making It as of Friday Natalia. So Team Raw on the women's side versus Team SmackDown. I am hoping that I am right with this, that SmackDown is going to take the win, and the reason is going to be because of Bianca Belair. I'm hoping, because that would really give Bianca the push she needs to uh, put herself in the the title picture.
0: What you got? I got Team SmackDown. Stop stealing my picks, man. Not stealing. I, 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 I had that already ready. All right, just
1: checking. Got to keep my eyes on you. So for the second traditional Survivor Series match, it's for the men. So on the Raw side, we've got Keith Lee. AJ Styles, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle versus the SmackDown team of Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. So, who you got, Raw or SmackDown?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go Raw with this one. Team Raw. All
1: right. And yeah, I'm just gonna steal your thunder. I'm going to pick Team Raw as well, just because on a grand scheme of things, I picked uh, SmackDown for the women. So I don't think one brand is going to take su- supremacy on that level. But remember when it used to be really uh, involved between Stephanie and uh, was it uh, Stephanie and Eric Bischoff between the Raw and SmackDown? And, hmm. you know, they were keeping tabs and counting on, on who's up and, and it was really. Really competitive from uh, The course of the pay-per-view Those were good times Good
2: times
1: (laughs) So you got uh, No actually it's me I I think I do this pick The main event Drew McIntyre Your RAW heavyweight champion Versus Your tribal chief The Smackdown Heavyweight champion Roman Reigns.
0: Who is gonna be the guy? Roman Reigns. Nope. 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 Take that. I got
1: I got first pick.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry. God, he's about spoiler alert.
1: Getting a little excited. Are you popping a little early? Marking out (laughs) over here. (laughs) Just because Drew has been, you know, his push. It's epic. Randy Orton had the had was champion what three weeks before dropping the title to the Drew. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah. I think Roman is gonna take it just because you gotta balance Drew out. And Drew can bounce back in his character from okay, I took a loss to Roman. All right, yeah, whatever.
0: And then we move on.
1: So I'm going Roman.
0: Okay, you go Roman, I'm going Drew.
1: Really? Why you pick Drew?
0: Because I just... He, he, like always, when you got a dominant superstar, you have to uh, take him down to bring him back up. So, You're just a mark for the Claymore. Always. An...
1: Mark for the Claymore. Can't believe you, man. Can't believe you. But that's all right. So, that's the picks. And you've already heard what uh, the push and and Delante has thrown into the mix. So, unfortunately, we won't have James, but you'd have lost anyway. So, I guess, you know, no love lost there. But tomorrow night, Survivor Series, we're going to have, I think in typical Survivor Series fashion, the button on uh, some of these um, storylines, I'm hoping the raw women's team does win. It's because Lana scored the win. If it goes that way, but as much as I would like to see, uh, Lana get the retribution back from being put through the table over nine times. Yeah, you are going against Bianca Belair. And that's somebody that we've talked about. deserving of a strong push and a championship opportunity. Really, she should be champion now, and that feud between her and Oscar would have actually been a little bit better than Sasha Banks versus Oscar. But, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles that way. So we'll see what plays out. And then uh, next week, I will once again be crowned pick champion because, in the words of Mark Henry,
2: That's what I do!
0: You going down. Mm.
1: I'm sorry, were you saying
0: something? Yeah, you're you're going down. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, make sure you put allegedly in there when you say that.
0: Okay. Okay there, bud. Mm. So,
1: man, it felt good to uh, be back to be able to discuss some wrestling, wrestling, and and sports entertainment with you. We uh, took a trip down Survivor Series memory lane and Talked about some real-life stuff when it came down to uh, streaming media and what's right is right and wrong is wrong and hot mess crazy. And even in the midst of that, managed to give Vince McMahon some credit for some stuff. So, yeah, I think we uh, pretty much covered a crap ton.
0: Yeah, we did. And, of course, if you're listening to this, this will be available immediately following this recording. So don't forget to listen to this. Also listen to The Sunday Rise, which will be done live tomorrow morning. So turn your your notifications on. Get on your Podbean app so you can call in and all that. We'll open the lines up sometime during the morning and put it all out there. So be prepared for that. Also, you can hear us on... Anchor, Podbean, Podchaser, Podcoin. Uh, No, no Podcoin. Podcoin's gone. Um, You can hit some Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcasting platform that you can think of. Damn it, we on it. So subscribe. Nice. Turn your notifications on so you do not miss an episode. So hey man,
1: that's a good one.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning. Uh we didn't have a Sunday rise last week. So that needs to get back into full swing and full effect tomorrow. So let's get it done. I'm looking yep. I was looking forward to tonight. I got it. Uh great to have you back, sir. Uh I kind of want to admit something to you before we go. Uh, I kind of sort of threw you under the bus last week, uh, just a little bit. I mean, only one time I got you, but I threw you under there. I asked the the, the esteemed panel. Uh, hold on, I had to open a bag of cereal for the little one. Here you go. <laughs> um, I asked the esteemed panel off air. This is when I was talking about last week. I was talking about. The outtakes and the things that we talked about off air, which I should have been recording because they were such great conversations. So, you know what I asked? I asked every guest the same thing uh, when they come on. Who's the greatest tag team of all time? Everybody says the same thing. It's the Road Warriors. And I went back and I read off because I had the book sitting in front of me. I read off your top 10. And they said, I said, a special criteria. They said, "Okay, what was the criteria? I can't remember. So what was the criteria for that top ten tag team that we did on our very well very Who first was the number one? Who was the number one? It's the number one. Uh the Brain Busters. I did not pick the
1: Brain Busters as number one, did I?
0: Yes. No. Yes. Did oh, I? Oh, oh, no. Hold, on. hold on. Hold on.
1: That was the number one.
0: Hold on. I'm I'm gonna bring it to you now because I'm telling you. You need to go back and listen. I don't have to go back and listen. I wrote it all down.
1: No, you need to go back and listen to get that criteria. But I'm trying oh, to not say the brain busters was number one. You're lucky I don't have that that uh I, that list anymore. I gotta go back
0: and listen to what what I said. <laughs> I wrote I, it. I, she just wrung me the book. Boom. Let's go. Let's go. It was the first show we did. Who was number 10? Number hold on. Let me let me let me get to that page. I gotta get to that page. The Brain Busters. You had the Brain Busters number one. We were talking about this. Good grief. Okay. Number ten, Rock and Roll Express. Number nine, Legion of Doom. Bullshit. Number eight, Midnight Express. Number seven, The Coloss. Number six, Rated RKO. Number five, The Rockers. Number four, The New Day. Number three The Usos, number two the Hart Foundation, number one Arn and Tully. Maybe I guess
1: like your time Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's because of that, that that four that four horsemen, uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you go back and listen to the special criteria because I I'm not gonna ruin it ruin
0: it for you. But yeah, but. Everybody said, oh, now, when we when we all get back together again, this is a show, I don't know if it's going to be pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving, I don't know. But once we get everything set, we need to pick out a day, and we might have to go early so we can get all this. And that's probably going to be a two- to three-hour show. So we need to set some time apart to go in, and we need to have a conversation and redo a top 25, a top 10 in tag teams, top 10 in stables, we need to revisit it.
1: We can revisit it, but I said, I just had certain criteria. Yeah, I, I get it. That criteria still stands because as much as under those criteria, I would like to say, oh yeah, the Legion of Doom, the impact of LOD was still mostly the strongest doing, you know, with smart marks or just marks in general. But crossing out of that, you had the four horsemen. I mean, that was a pop culture thing. People knew what that four meant. You yeah. knew who the four were. Yeah. And you knew if uh, and Tully was coming and he was a tag team and, you know, y'all out there wrestling, I mean, we the four horsemen. You knew it was about to go down about to get their ass whipped. and he was gonna walk out the champion you knew that spinebuster was coming I mean that's not taking anything away from l o d but l o d didn't cross over as big into the mainstream and and pop culture and everything else as the horsemen did and that's what I, that's part of what it was was basing it off of that, not the toughest. You know, because, yeah, L.O.D.
2: <laughs> would
1: win, hands down, from the toughest. But, you know, what impact in the industry, because if we was just to talk about impact, a lot of people would still say, you know, Four Horsemen.
0: Well, yeah. Cause that, that was I, that was the bar. That lifestyle is a lifestyle that they lived. They yeah. lived that lifestyle. So,
1: And you knew, yeah, you could be winning, but you know it's about to happen, right? Yeah. hmm they come two more, we're about to beat you down. <laughs> Heaven forbid you face a Ric Flair. He's about to know. Yeah, you're about to get that beat down. That's just what happened. And that's what people, you know, can readily identify with versus, you know, as much as everybody wanna wear the spikes and uh, what a rush. Beyond that, where do we go with it? Outside of the squirrel c- squared circle, not too far. I get it. So that was it. No, no knock on LOD. It was just that that aspect of the criteria of, you know, impact on, you know, outside of the business. Like if we did singles competitors, obviously The Rock would arguably be number two, second to Ric Flair. Because, you know, and Hogan would be third if I had to just off the top of the dome because those three have transcended the business uh in such a way that, that you know people wear Ric Flair shoes, you know, we, we know the impact. The Hogan people was saying their prayers and never prayed before in their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> eating vitamins and you know, they, they don't even like vitamin C, but they just eat the crap out of it. And then uh obviously the rock is the rock. So they are just a criteria, man. It's controversy still still put me out there, like I'm the bad guy.
0: Got people think this dude crazy. No, because guess what? When I say that, the first thing everybody says, oh, you got to book a show with me on it. So I I can ask him. I got penetrating questions. I'm like, look, you want to ask some questions? That's fine. And it's legitimate stuff. They And most people don't understand once they talk to you and they get it and you break down the special criteria, you break down how you came up with this. The first thing they say is, hmm, I get it. But me, now, I'm going to always have a problem with it because I'm a Road Warriors fan. Yeah. And I feel I that the Road marks, Warriors,
1: again, what I say? Outside of the marks.
0: <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's, that's my go-to. Like, when I, when, when I want to when I, when I push your buttons and I want to poke you, I'll bring that up. I, you know, I'd, I'd be like, you know what? Come on now. You're the same guy that said the Road Warriors number nine. Get out of here. The killer bees, you know. Type of <laughs> that's still the crew right there.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Oh, Don't get me started on the killer bees. The killer bees. <laughs>
1: that's it. That's that's always going to be the appropriate answer. Cool. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to jump off and grab me some dinner because, you know, tomorrow begins uh, the easiest hell week ever.
0: Oh, well, yeah.
1: So now the consoles is out.
0: Yeah, and then I, I need to prepare because I have a long week next week. We have the holiday coming up. I have uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday that I'll have to deal with next week. Yeah, um, buddy. So it's uh what I like to call money time. It's it's time to go ahead and get into the Snake Eyes formation because we're in the red zone. And it's time to score, baby.
1: Yep. Just so, let me know when the Redskins are going to win the championship. That's all I'm saying. Are you close yet? Are you guys there yet? You're cutting me deep, Don. What? I don't know. I haven't seen uh, truthfully what, what they've uh, they been winning.
0: We're two and seven. Okay. Never mind then. Never mind then. That's, so, that's, mine, with, with but that's that better than normal. Seen, <laughs> here we go. That's been, oh, everybody, everybody can't be Baltimore Ravens fans, but well, shoot, they, lost,
1: a, they lost the game last week. They shouldn't have lost. But that's a whole other story.
0: With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and let this guy go because he, he 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 tripping. But with that being said, that's the people's choice Don Rodriguez. I'm the big guy KG. Are we still
1: on? we still we're still recording. Yes. Oh snap.
0: <laughs> there was no end. <laughs>
3: there is I no thought, end.
1: I thought we were out.
3: But the, I'm this, glad but... I didn't
1: say anything. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say anything crazy.
2: Oh, oh my goodness.
1: you asked me the loaded question I sure enough thought we was uh off air. got,
2: oh, these,
1: no. got these people in here listening to uh, uh people's <laughs> choice after dark.
0: <laughs> this has been the Saturday Night <laughs> WrestleManiacs yeah again, we got Eddie Murphy raw uh and what was coming out. y'all oh, lucky. I would say we don't do no overtime. But we put it in the night, but we are out of here.